you know so anybody who's like having trouble anybody who's like really really depressed or upset like what are you doing this really bringing you joy you know like sing in the shower like do something start small you know the arts man yeah knock him out the box rick knock him out rick knock him out the box what's up ron life man so we are here at uh dude where are we we're at an art gallery we're at a fine art gallery there's a party going on uh-huh. music producer and extra- extraordinary gabriel puts putting on this event with his brother seth okay we'll shout him out later okay and you and i have been we met at dr chill's uh music release party yes. a few yeah. months ago and been talking about connecting live we had a very deep connection like just talking i, I did like a little speech and you came up you're yep. like, dude and then we started talking yeah yep. i am like super genuinely excited to like crack open the person ron and figure out who you are because i don't really yes. know you other than the conversation we yeah. had which was more like spiritual or like oh what are you all about what kind of person are you what yeah. do you believe in be who you are blah yeah. blah blah but i don't know i've been following you but i don't know the artist you are like i don't know what you mm-hmm. want who you are okay your aches and pains man what you've been through what's your story yeah you that's know a book that's definitely a book yeah um, and it's okay to be misunderstood so tell us <laughs> your story, man. That's beautiful. Um, man, if I how were to far meet you back? and I said, we only got two minutes to get to know each other, what would you tell me? Mm. What would I even say? I'm an what artist, you, what are you man. Here to do? I, I feel What's like your why? what is my why yeah. to stimulate inspiration with creativity. And I feel like art has been so imperative to what I have, what I have like suppressed in myself. Like, let me, let me get straight yeah, to the point way? this way. How did you get into art? Um, I've always been artist as, as far as even, you know, the little child that was drawn on the wall, you know? And, and what I'm getting at is like that, that kind of stuff was suppressed and it was told. I, I, I remember even in teen class, I said, raise your hand if you're told uh, the phrase, stop crying, you know? And, and as, as a child for me, I was trying to be artistic. I was trying to be creative. Creative is, creativity is the number one ingredient in problem solving. You know, so, so how was what this, I was how trying was that to suppressed do. For you? How was this oppressed? Yeah. Oh man, um, growing in up in, in a dynamic of single mother, five boys, like it was stressful financially. Um, you know, physical abuse. Um, a lot of men don't want to admit it, but there's sexual abuse. Um, about eighty percent of men, man, to be honest. Um, and that just that affects your neurological system. So I feel like eighty like percent of the men in your in, in your life that crossed your life uh-huh. sexual were like sexual abusers well no it's just a statistic that i believe if we're in a room with 100 men about 80 percent of them were sexually abused were sexually you know? abused. yeah yeah um but that's probably true man. yeah yeah. Oh, yeah i mean i bet By you know if you ask 100 bit, just anybody yeah. you know anybody um but what what i feel like i was growing up in was a suppressed um narrative to not even figure out who I was, you know, let alone being the middle child and being very quiet and stuff. You know, I was always striving to be an artist. All right. So uh, my aunt Linda on my arm, she passed in 2000. She would do these beautiful stained glass windows and everything. And I just remember looking at that process and just how she cultivated that and just how peaceful she was really just as a person, how peaceful she was. And even though I was stained glass windows, 
I mean, amongst other art, but that was like her big thing, you know, stained glass. So that's movies. how you got, that's how you discovered art first? Yeah, yeah. Even though I never really put a pencil to a paper first, I was just admiring. I was visually absorbing it, you know, stimulating, and it was peaceful to watch, you know, and just to see her do it as a peaceful person. Um, it was something that I just, I wanted to, to stick with me, but I didn't know, I didn't have anybody to guide me and teach me and show me physically on a daily basis. Um, and granted, you know, my mom, you know, raised us in the public school system and she was very like adamant, hands on. And, you know, she always figured out looking back now after having children, like I see what she did that clicked. It was artistic. So she would be like, you know, um, you know, you're drawn on the wall. So instead of drawing on walls here, dip your hand in paint and we put our uh, handprints on the wall. You know what I mean? So it, it was always encouraged in some way, you know, and we got a lot of artists and musicians in our family and my dad also. Um, but it was something that, you know, I didn't really, as an adult grow into like, oh, I want this to be my career. I want this to be, you know, my passion, what I do all the time. Fast forward into myself, man, yeah. after, um, after 2020 and a little bit before I, I was calling into existence, I was looking for like, Hey, I, I needed to be an artist. Like I need to, I need to start painting again. And I remember too, right before I got fired from this job in like 2017, I think, uh, we did like this, um, what was it like just a staff event or whatever we just went and did a paint and sip and i made the most beautiful painting i was just like oh my goodness like i surprised myself you know what i mean and it was just that confirmation like what am i doing you know what i mean and so wait what did you do with art up to this point like you before you know, that your nothing kind of introduced you but that's it did you, did you practice in school did you doodle did um, you draw on your art book? did you keep yeah. somehow practice let's back up a little bit in yeah. high school um, I had my whole art portfolio. I did my senior project on art um, and brought my whole, you know, personal stuff, belongings and put it all together. Did this whole art presentation, aced okay. it. Great. But my art teacher right. lost her part, uh, my whole portfolio. So she like lost all the physical, everything, everything I had accumulated. She lost it. So it was like I quit. So I quit, you know, so after, you quit because she lost her stuff. Yeah, I just I felt like. I lost everything that I had, everything that I made, all my creativity right. that I cultivated and put into this project. Isn't that crazy though, how perspective yeah. can make you quit on something? Yeah, because I put you a know, lot of effort you know, into it. But you know now you would never quit on that, right? Yeah, no, you would yeah. never do that. Yeah, because, because you I, again. Yeah, I realized like I quit how on my high school basketball coach in my uh, senior year because he was a, he was a dick and he didn't know <laughs> basketball. But I was the one that got punished. I didn't get the yeah. so like Because you quit. Because I quit. And I could say, oh, it was fair, but uh -huh. I'm still the one that didn't get to do what I wanted to do. Yeah. As I'm older, you learn, oh, man. Yeah. Like I'm saying, you would never let that. Like, let's say you made, created an art collection and they got burned in a fire. You wouldn't quit art. Yeah. You would say, all right, let me, let me create another piece that is based on the True. pain I just suffered. True. Losing my art. Yeah. But I'm saying, I'm not judging you. I'm saying yeah. how it's crazy as young people. For mm -hmm. others listening, yeah. if somebody can see you, you can allow someone else to take something. You should not never. It yeah. doesn't matter what they took, abused. It's not taking away the fault, but it's yeah. going, okay, what do you want? You still want mm -hmm. art, then go get it. Yeah. The game is still yeah. there for you. The mind is the most important thing. Yeah. If you still have your creativity, but you're a one and done, a hitter, <laughs> a quitter, huh? Exactly. Right? That's you're true. not one and done. No, no. You're like, get you, baby, I get you tomorrow, right? Yeah. So you're there for the long haul. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Now that you who you are, hopefully mm -hmm. 
you have the mindset of this is what I'm going to do. Unless you change mm. that you don't want to do it anymore. And no matter what, I'm going to do it. Yeah. That's well, why art now I just made it bigger. I just made my stuff bigger now. So you know, because it, it happened one more time, like after college, I had a little binder and stuff. So you quit for how long? Like three, three years, maybe for four. three years, you did not draw a damn thing. No. You didn't no. doodle, you didn't do shit. Nope. What up? Nope. What's up, sweet? Um, right. But yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't for a minute. And then because it happened the second time. And you, was it because you were upset that you said Oh, I had a binder afterwards. And that was actually just damaged. It was like downstairs in my dad's bathroom and it flooded and it flooded my bedroom too. So it was just, it was so damaged. So were you in the mindset of, oh. Yeah, I was like, here we go life again. Is not fair. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I don't want to be creative. Like, I just need to, I mean, at the time, I, I think it was like a little bit after college. I was like, all right, well, I need to focus on getting some money, you know, get a J-O-B, that nice. kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, just just art was not in the cards for me yeah, as far as creating something. You didn't think that art could be a career? Isn't that right, Ron? <laughs> I didn't know how. I didn't know how. I mean, that's something I witnessed and saw with my aunt. See? I didn't know how. Ron, it's important to tell the young people uh -huh. you can make money in art. It's not easy, though. Yeah, yeah. I so mean, how it long gets have you been doing it now professionally? Like, are um, you doing it full time? Or are you, what are you, what's your... I mean, in, in different kind of ways. And, yeah. and this is what I think. I feel like not just what I put a paintbrush to a canvas is art. You know, when I'm standing up in front of a class and teaching... You know, I'm explaining in a way that's creative. Any form of creativity to me is art. You know, making these rings is creative. It's art. Can I you give know? you an idea that just rushed into my brain? And For sure. I'm just warning you that I can have 100 ideas a minute. So <laughs> we just go on and on with ideas. Yeah. So, but you teaching kids and incorporating, are you incorporating art? I'm just saying do it mm. within, build yeah. it into your curriculum. Like. You're talking about something. You're giving a speech. Yeah. And every now and then you turn around and just whoosh, make a mark. Make a mark. And then like those marks turn into like a portrait. Yeah, I'm just making it up. It's like, oh, <laughs> I like the but idea. But you're though. like creating. You're like, like, don't be yeah. afraid to create. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, it's a woman or whatever. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm just saying as part of your teaching, like incorporate yeah. your artistry. Make well, a ring right in front of them. Like, hey. Oh, these? Yeah. Check it out, though. Watch this. Watch how powerful. Let's say you did a speech to kids with making a ring. Yeah. Because you you could be like, hey, here's a fucking uh, uh, whatever. Uh, fill in the technical you know, yeah. target. Here's a camera on okay. my workbench here on the yeah. stage. And then it's projecting. And you kids, check it out. Look, I want to talk to you guys about being yourself, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Self-esteem. And also, no, you can make things out of nothing. I took... I took a beautiful stone and yeah. you would think, oh yeah, someone made that, but they're yeah. like, it's this magical process. Here, I'm going to show uh -huh. you. Boom, you heat it up, and you show them on stage doing art, creating yeah. beautiful objects out of seemingly regular things, let's say, or painting, yeah. and incorporate that into your, you know, your artistry, man. Yeah. Like you said, it is your art, so what about doing it together? Yeah, I mean, that's something I've definitely been looking into the past, like, two years, really incorporating art therapy, especially because it's being really, the arts are being taken out of school. I mean, you know, really. God wants to do art therapy. Yeah, yeah, we just talked about that today. So we, we're going to get oh, you yeah. into that. Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Talk about mental health, all of that. Yeah. Man. Make your mark. That's from mm -hmm. art God, man. Yeah. Because we talk about art, and he's like, I'm like, what is art therapy? And he goes, dude, it literally started with, the realization that people are so afraid to make a mistake. 
Yep. To be exactly. misunderstood. What is that? That is How true. Do I make that a ties mark? in. How do I make a mark, Ron? Go ahead, make any mark. But how? Like, do you want well, me to get a big brush, a little brush? Everybody's always like, making a mark. Any mark, though. any mark. Think about it. And that's the art therapy is getting people to just, just be themselves on the canvas. And yeah. Make it even though it's even if it's ugly at first. So what? Yeah, and that's 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 there, the thing vulnerable. people are judging. Like similar to like if I'm looking at you know Instagram for example, you know I'm constantly. Even nice. if you're not consciously doing something, our, our subconscious brain, and this is the thing, the way we read paper, mm -hmm. read letters on the papers, our, our brain is making differentiation between the white paper and the letters, right? right. So this is the way our brain is wired. We're making so-called judgments, right? So if you're you know, feeling like, oh, I want to paint something, and people do this all the time. I've seen it um, you know, doing a paint and sip. You know, and, and to me, that's really, really an easy way to do art therapy because I can see not only how somebody's judging themselves, but how they hold the the paintbrush. I noticed, you know, people who are very timid, not confident, they're holding the paintbrush very loose like this, you know, how they dip, how much they're dipping into the paint. You know, if you're globbing a lot of paint and then you're like, oh, I think this looks ugly. I was like, and then I asked like, these, these are actual examples that happen. I was like, so do you usually in life like over accumulate and like do a lot of things at once and then regret your decision afterwards? So it's like how we do one thing is how we do it. If everything that's what my coach Preston said, he said, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So to me, if I'm if I'm cultivating an art class, right, and I and I and if I give you a paintbrush and a, and a canvas right now, how you paint, I can make make assumptions, but but ask you questions, leading questions to to kind of just open you up and make you think about things, how you do other things in your life with that perspective. Because I can Absolutely. see from that creative point of view. And that's one reason why I say all the time, creativity is the number one ingredient in problem solving. You want to pr problem solve? This is the number one thing I come to people because I've been doing coaching for the past few years. Somebody comes to me with a problem about relationships, something else, anything in their life. I, I'm asking them, so when's the last time you've done something creative? You do music? Do you sing? Do you paint? Like that, that mindset, it opens up your mind. And I study psychology. I, I study like you know, therapy a lot. And when it comes to specific examples like that, because just the way that our brains, our hormones are working when we're doing something creative, it's accessing, you know, our brain in a certain way to where we're not just using our amygdala, we're using our frontal lobe, you know, we're, we're using, you know, a different part of our brain, allowing us to see things in different perspectives, you know, so anybody who's like, having trouble, anybody who's like, really, really depressed or upset, like, what are you doing? This really bringing you joy? You know, like sing in the shower, like do something, start small, you know, the arts, man. Yeah. It'll open the you arts up. have been forgotten. No, really. I feel like they've been changed it's there bro. for it could be there for mental health. Why yeah. do people love singing? Because you know what? We're yeah. not in the moment enough. We're anxious. All the oh, time. yeah. 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 And music brings us in the moment. We forget about tomorrow and yesterday. We go, oh, that song. I love this song. And we get <laughs> caught up in the mood. Oh, yeah. Poetry, music, a, a beautiful art piece. Like, yeah. wow. It took my breath away. I'm in the moment. Exactly. And you're so smiling good. in that moment. It changes your whole physiological. Everything that makes you feel good yeah. makes you be in the moment. Exactly. Even drugs put you in the moment. They make you forget. Alcohol puts you <laughs> I in the don't want to touch on that. But yeah. It's true. But, but yeah, yeah, I agree in with you. Positive ways instead yeah. of ways that'll bring you to the bottom, bottom. Yeah. That's yeah. the problem with that. Yeah. There's a reason people do it. They can't find that. Yeah. They can't find that anywhere else. They don't have a job they can go to to lose themselves. Yeah. To stop the fucking anxiety. Yeah. 
and I feel like that enough. that plays so Why much into this? connection. You got the moment creates creation is being oh. in the now, man. Yeah, you know, or being part of creation somehow, like part mm-hmm. of an art piece that's yeah. created well, that's been done with authenticity. Yeah, puts you in the moment. That's why people enjoy it. Yeah, but people, I like the idea of getting people that are struggling to some kind of art there. Because if nothing mm-hmm. else, go create something and like get yourself out of your state of mind. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna do art therapy uh, sessions, man. Oh yeah, I'm with, on with that. Live for sure, podcasting, because you know what? Yeah. The way somebody podcasts yeah. or doesn't podcast, yeah, and what they talk about and don't talk about on the podcast mm. tells me everything too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I want to say most people who are listening to this are probably desiring some sort of closeness with people. You know what I mean? And, and to, to backpedal a little bit what we were saying earlier, like I was teaching these teenagers about simple hormones that happen in our body, like norepinephrine and phenylethamine and all this stuff and oxytocin and dopamine and stuff like the fact that we're even sitting close, like it, it has a physiological reaction. Mm-hmm. So mm. by human nature, we are striving and we need that still. So 2020 is, you know, really allowing people to learn like how do you really want to navigate do you still want to stay close to people do you want to hug somebody do you want to hold their hand you know like one of my coaches even said in other countries you know men walk around with you know holding hands to establish that that sensation and that that relationship my brother is that my brother in ukraine yeah yeah oh there you go bro there you go bro sorry my brother jan i mean we left when i was four he was 13 yeah but when he was 13 he was walking around holding his best male friend's hand all the time yeah because that's close there was no man. like real homophobia i mean they had other issues they just yeah they just forbade it yeah but like i'm saying nobody was like they were still very affectionate men could be affectionate exactly kissing each other on the there cheek and all that kind of stuff yeah because there's a hormonal thing that happens when someone hugs you touches you yeah it's oxytocin Physical touch man <laughs> we needed chimpanzees pick shit out of each other's heads man because like that's it, a funny example right? because yeah. we're chimpanzee we're primates there's a reason they're close and they're hanging all together yeah they need that and it's safety man safety in numbers yeah i mean don't you feel safer if if somebody you know uh, is holding your Support hand system, saying man. hey you're safe rather right. than you know telling you from across the room hey you're okay you're safe you know bro, there's a certain thing with touch you guys are good man yeah bro you know the babies that aren't held their brains don't develop as large as babies that are held. Yeah, even they'll if actually they're held even die. By adopted mothers or even a primate. Yeah. As long as they're held, they need to be touched. It's a physio. Maybe it's the stress that happens not being touched. Because well, you're like, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm going to get killed. I'm going to get eaten. And your brain's like shriveling all the time. I feel like, and and I'm I'm pretty sure because I haven't researched this all the way, but based on just our f- physiological confirmation, like if they don't feel touch they die within like the first few hours oh, like because newborn? it's 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 yeah newborn um and that's also what i was telling teenagers in the class too and they were surprised but i'm like i mean Even, think about it how 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 important is that because if you think about in prison what's the number one punishment isolation you're right. in a padded room you know so why is that such a drastic punishment because that starts messing with your mind and and how you right. even uh, uh relate to yourself and how comfortable you are yourself exactly so and and uh Exactly, man. I'm talking about infants that are already past the newborn stage. Yeah. When they are not held for those developmental years through three, four years, through three years old, let's say. Yeah. Their brain generally is smaller than those babies that are held consistently. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I have four boys, man. And my youngest. Yeah. 
It was the first time we tried. My wife wanted to sleep train him, which meant sleep put, train. Him, put him in the room <laughs> and let that. him cry it out. I tried that, to be honest. Put him in the room it let him cry it out. Now, yeah, I'm telling you, it's 50-50 so, on this, just like so the vaccine terrible. people. It's like 50 Man. or 4, 50 or against. And they're like a lot yeah. of eccentric people for and against this. You have yeah. to do that. You if you don't sleep train your baby. But why are you doing that for your own? Sleep, they actually start sleeping through the night better. So you can sleep. Because you're training them. Yes. But not for their actual And they eventually full stop crying. Help. Yeah. But I but wonder. Why would you want someone who's crying right. stop crying? So now I'm just saying we did that for a while. And then uh -huh. we started letting him back in the bed. Yeah. And I think I just got it in my wife's head because I'm like, it doesn't feel right. <laughs> yeah let them sleep with us like a freaking chimpanzee that we are like don't they sleep yeah. on top of each other yeah my daughter would always, always fall asleep on my chest so he's she'd listen been to my heartbeat with us for a year and yeah. you know at first it was like okay you can sleep for a few hours it's i think it's good for him eventually he's gonna go off on his own because he's gonna become like mm -hmm. testosterone heavy and want to <laughs> sleep on his own heavy. like but i don't yeah. know man i struggle with that stuff and there's child development experts say that you should do it some that say you shouldn't but the day, it's like what's their perspective? Like, right. Why do they why do they personally on a personal level believe regardless of their studies? And why do they the personally believe that? 20, 30 years down the road? Are they not empathetic? Uh, somebody who doesn't hug a lot. Somebody blooded to other people. They're like, let them cry it out. Fuck them. Right. Is it taught? Is it a taught man. You know what? I feel like the number one repercussion or residual, let's call it. And I'll be specific to myself because I'm a man. I feel like the number one residual of a child, and I'm speaking from personal experience, who was not touched, not hugged, and then on top of that, probably sexually abused or you know physically abused or even verbally abused because our our nervous systems react in the same way, is is promiscuous or prone to, you know, like you think about why is sex so it pushed on the media and then it happens so much, you know, why is there eighty percent of marriages not working out? You know, why is there these blended families that are not really blended? They're not blended. You know, this person's going on to this person. And then, you know, this like it's just it's 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 not what people really in, in our true human nature really want at the end of the day. You know, what do you think they want connection, safety, you know, acknowledgement, you know, like uh, I think there, there was this one. um psychologist that I, I was following mario something i don't remember his name exactly but nevertheless he he described three main wounds is abandonment shame and betrayal and what are the the medicines for that you know um acknowledgement uh commitment and, and and loyalty you know that's really what i feel like we all want like to be acknowledged to be seen to feel safe be but so many people are going through these traumas that are a mixture of those three things abandonment shame and betrayal those have so many residuals that play into so many different personality things and even for myself that's one reason why i didn't cultivate a community behind me so that as a grown man when stuff started happening when i went through a divorce for example like i didn't have nobody i mean aside from my brothers but what can they do you know only only as much as they can do right. you it's know up to you at the end of the day yeah it's a one-player game right? yeah you know that right Oh yeah, yeah. I realize that, but I'm a I'm a team player. Yeah. But it's a one player game. You mm. know what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you're I saying. I can't do it without a team. Oh yeah. But it's a one player game, baby. Yeah. When one of my teammates goes or uh -huh. decides, hey man, I love you, but I gotta go do my own thing. Yeah. I'm gonna say, dude, good luck to you. I'm not looking for loyalty that isn't a two way street, man. Yeah. I'm not relying on anyone. 
because it's a one-player game. I'm not setting myself up to lose. I'm setting myself up to win no matter what. Because you know why? There's no rules to this game that I know of that anyone can really impose on you but you. you mm. If you say you're not going to be happy until X, you're setting yourself up to lose. Yeah, to there's me, an attachment right as, there. As long as every day <laughs> I'm like living, I guess, the best life I can. Yeah, and, with and, what you and, know. And, and I love being around people I love. So it naturally makes me do these like, quote unquote, people say are good things. Yeah. But I'm just doing it to have the best experience in this game I can. Yeah. And I don't set expectations really on anybody or yeah. myself, but I'm 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 aware and I'm watching everyone to um, build my best team. But if mm. someone leaves me, if someone even if they I've had pe even people that have stabbed me in the back, quote unquote. Yeah. I'm not necessarily wanting them on my bus because I don't mm. want to be stabbed in the back, but I love them and I get yeah. I get that it wasn't up to them to make me successful anyway. It's up yeah. to me. Nothing yeah. can stop me. No one can destroy my... If Josh decides to steal all my... And destroy them, all the <laughs> podcast episodes, which uh, he has full control, by the way. He can. I'll yeah. make more. I'll make better ones. I'll yeah. make different ones. That's your flexibility. And if it's not good enough, oh, well, I'm willing to walk away from the table. Yeah. From any table. Yeah. As soon as you're not willing to walk away from the table, you've given up your control, man. Mm -hmm. Then you're desperate. You need someone. You can't ever need anybody. And I don't mean that in, a, in an unloving way. Yeah. You can love everyone and not need anyone. Mm. You, you're just, but you, you are a one player game. You're just yeah. Ron. You get to see your perspective. Mm. Even someone that's your deep partner or a lifelong friend. Yeah. You don't need to rely on me and I don't want to rely on you. Like if you yeah. go away tomorrow, cause you just get hit in the head with a rock <laughs> and you're like, I'm going to Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> that I can oh my god Ron is gone my life is over that's it I mean I thought I was gonna have yeah. Ron there but now I'm Ron there so I guess I'm just gonna like go back to I don't know just gonna go back to corporate no yeah. I'm gonna be like damn we lost Ron yeah. or Ron's going to Brazil alright well I gotta find yeah. me another Ron man mm. don't be dependent you know even relationships mm. codependency is unhealthy man yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it, that's interesting. I think you, you are kind of going that way, and I, yeah. I want to challenge that for you because what do you mean? Going like codependency, because you said like people want loyalty, and I get that. Like you've been divorced, yeah. I've been divorced. I'm yeah, not looking for, I do want loyalty. Loyalty in what level loyalty. though? I don't need loyalty, like from my significant mm. other. But what is loyalty like, to you? I then? love her. She's the bomb, dude. She's but done the, so much good shit. For what me. I'm saying is loyalty as a whole. Like yeah. if you're loyal to yourself, I trust you her know. and the person she is. I don't need her loyalty. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, for example, kind of. Honestly, not really. But let me put it this way: my I've been with my wife 11 years. Uh -huh. I love her. I don't want to lose her. Yeah. But I, she doesn't owe me anything, and I don't owe her anything. We're uh -huh. happy. If tomorrow she packs her bags and leaves, uh -huh. I trust her enough to know. She had her reasons. I don't yeah, need her loyalty. Let people be like, their own selves. Hey, what the hell? Why aren't you here? She needed something else. I trust that mm. I'm sad. She's yeah. Gone. I'm sad that I miss her, but oh, yeah. that's a selfish loss. If she needs something else, I'm for that. I'm for everyone to play their game Yeah. how they want it. Mm. I mean, I like that. The only I mean, reason that we're makes... together is because we always want to be together. It's a good agreement. You guys have yes. a good partnership. And we you know? probably will be together for a long ass time. This is not me saying, oh, yeah. I'm going to leave any minute. Why yeah. would I leave when we got a good thing? 
we support each other. Yeah, I'm it's an agreement. It works. On a Friday, my wife hasn't called me all goddamn day since 8 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. Tanya hasn't called me, Josh. That's a lot of work in our relationship of trust. Yeah. Whatever. He's not going to call me anyway because I don't look at my phone when I'm with people doing yeah. creative shit. Yeah. She knows that it choose to take it personally because it hurt her feelings. And we yeah. communicated like, look at who you're dealing with. So, yeah. You know, I'm in, I'm in the moment. Yeah, you guys so have that connection. That's how you do it. And she has that right to live her mm. life. And I support it. I love it. What do you want to do? You want to yeah. be a photographer? Let's go get some equipment. You know that's what I mean? loving, man. I'll carry your bags. Yeah. Uh, or go travel. Or let's go travel together. We do a lot of things together. We do a lot of things apart that just naturally she doesn't want to be on a podcast. And I don't want to go, you know, whatever. Plate shopping. Yeah. Plate you know shopping. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. That's it, man. <clears throat> That's good, I though, don't know. Man. I want to share each other's ideas because there's uh -huh. probably something to learn from each of us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I'm not done learning. You're definitely not done learning because I'm definitely nah. older than you. Yeah. So <laughs> you probably, you know, I don't know. The age card. That's the true, The age though. card That's is true, true though, because when That's I true. was, how old are you? If you don't 32. Mind? 32. Right? Yeah. You got, you got a lot of, you got a lot of experience on your belt and yeah. I don't, Trust me, I don't play the age card in that way. I'm yeah, just saying, I, like doing I always that. say, bro, but I'm saying you at 47 uh -huh. are going to be even more oh, crazy I'm so excited. wise. You're going to be like a mogul, dude. You're yeah. going to be teaching full stadiums. So, of course, that means you're going to be at a different level somehow. Yeah. doesn't mean you're not at a genius level now. You know, I'm not yeah. bringing you, oh, you're 32. Dude, yeah. how old is was Mozart, bro? You know what I'm saying? Just because I'm a yeah. late bloomer doesn't mean I'm better or smarter than somebody else. Yeah, I, I feel like everybody has their timeline, you know? Everybody has their journey. I stopped really looking at the age car when I went to my youngest brother. We didn't have a good relationship. I, I mean, I say all the time, like, he, you know, I picked on him, you know, till one day he sprayed me with a garden hose. And it just, like, really, I was like, okay, he's got, he's got some hormones you know and then i just i really started looking at my brother as my brother and i stopped calling him my little brother you know and i reiterate to that that to him often you know and especially since you know as adults like he's come around he's helped me out you know he's done some things i'm like damn man i'm i, I look at him i'm like bro i really appreciate you you know and for me to have a younger brother i'm eligible to do that and so you know, once I start doing that, I look at younger people, you know, especially when you have kids, you know, really like they're they're the ultimate mirrors, in my opinion. Right. You know, like they taught me so much about myself. And you, you have know, kids. Yeah. How many yeah, kids? Three. Yeah. Let's go. Wrong. Been through a lot, bro. Oh, dude, I got four kids. Yeah. Yeah. How many? How old are your kids? Um, Son, my oldest son's eight and seven and six, I believe. Yeah. Eight, seven, six. Yeah. Pop, pop, pop. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, not the but, way uh, I like to describe it, but yeah, I guess so. Well, well, I mean, it's, like it's two, a, two, two, it's one, a one, finagle one story if, if you want to get into yeah, it. Of course. All right. Let's, let's divorce that here. So, um, I met, I met a woman and her and I were, we're pretty good friends. All right. So, so I met a woman, right? And I feel like this is a lot of men's story. And yeah. this, is, this is why I believe blended families yeah. are not really blended very well. What do you my mean experience. by blended? Like, Just when people use the blended term yeah, family, yeah. right? I, I ask this question. Is, are both both dads speaking to each other? Like, like, like from, for example, I have, you know, children by two different women. 
and do they know each other? Do they have each other's phone number? Do they have conversations? You know, are we all three ever in the room together? No. Did that happen with my mom with three different men? No. So how blended are these blended families and what are we doing with these connections? You know what I mean? Just like, just like we just talked about, like how deep are these connections? You know, if something happens with my mom, you know, are all the dads going to know about it? You know, my oldest brother's dad's passed away, but you know, to get back to myself, like I, I didn't know what I was doing when, when I got out of college and all of a sudden, uh, what'd you go to college for psychology and like fitness, you know? Um, and so after college, I met I met a woman when I came out here to live with my brothers and kick it and met a woman um, and her and I were, were cool. We were friends. But then I moved back up to Seattle. Um, but right before I did, um, I had a baby with a, ch- a woman I met out here. All right. So this might get a little tricky. So try to follow along. But um, so she it was a, a terrible birth experience, man. Like even for a dad, like I was kicked out of the hospital. Like she just. It, it, it was a one night stand, but it was like I did my best. You know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of fathers can relate to that. Like they did whatever they could. Right. And it was just kind of this. To be in, the, in the life. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of people, like I said, suffer from abandonment, you know, right. so it's kind of that pushing away mentality. So I was really pushed away a lot. And regardless of what I did, you know, she got a boyfriend now and I think she actually just had another baby. So, like, you know, we've had distant contact. Are you still um, in their lives, the kids' lives? To some degree, yeah. you know, um, but more or oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, but then after after I got got her pregnant, um, the woman that I met before, her and I were really good friends. Um, I ended up being in a relationship with her. Long story short, like you know, just the traumatic experience with with my son's mom, and you know, this is with my first son. Um, and then she already, the woman that I ended up being with, she already had a son and whatever happened with that guy, I'm not going to get into that, but I ended up raising him as my son instead of, you know, being with the other mom. And then here I am being this stepdad, hate that term, but you know, being a father. Um, and then after that happened, her and I ended up having a daughter together. So I have a stepson, which is my oldest son, and then a younger son with another woman. And then my wife that I actually I ended up marrying her had a daughter. Um, so here's this dynamic, this trifecta of me trying to just be present, be connected, be there as, you know, a lot of dads want to, you know, um, and, and women want their, their children to have dads. Right. Like, I mean, to some degree, you know, let's exclude domestic violence out of the conversation. But a lot of women want that, you know, but it just it doesn't happen. And coming from a home with my mom with five boys, she didn't have that. You know, so can I ask you a question? Yeah, because I think part of the problem is the expectation mm. is, you know, they're either with you or they're not um. with you at all in relationships. Yeah, yeah, Could pretty it be much. That if they, if we just reset those expectations, well, what does that mean? Su- that, that people are not supposed to be together forever. So that mm. when that does happen, yeah, they're not together, you say, okay, like let's make this work. When yeah, people get hurt because they're like, oh, you don't want to be with. Yeah, that's the problem, man. And that, that yeah. happened to me too. Yeah. Luckily, we worked it out pretty civilly. Where we got like 50-50 custody. Yeah. You know, but there was never a co-parenting as far as like my, yeah. my new partner. Yeah. Get, you know, being friends with each other, even though we're taking care of. Because they don't usually don't want to. The time. They don't care. Right. Right. And right. that's that's the whole thing that I feel like divides. And I'll be specific to a man. I'm not going to talk about a woman, but 
for a man that divides me right so here i am trying to spend time here and then i have a newborn daughter with my wife and then i'm trying to contact you know my son and it's like it started to get difficult you know so what really i had to ultimately choose is you know the whole time i'm working providing for my family you know where am i spending my time so that's really when when i to reference what we were talking about earlier when i was like there's no way i can ever be an artist i just need to work nine to five i need to make more money more money more money you know not even getting into the child support conversation but just more money more money you know so here i am unfulfilled and you know in a marriage that wasn't fulfilling looking back now and you know when all the cars fall down it's like okay who am i like what the hell just happened when did this change happen did you guys recently break up oh yeah when the divorce happened you know right before 2020 and then um, 2020 was this transition year for you to find yourself a little bit so what have you come up with so far so far you want to be an artist professionally yeah i am an artist professionally what, what what came up for me yeah. most of all was i am more than a father yeah. because like I was saying, my mom had five boys and sometimes we learn or we make a decision consciously what we want to do based off of what we don't want to do. So me attracting, you know, an opportunity to be a father because, you know, you know, I just I wanted my family, my family, you know, I wanted a family because my family wasn't close enough, whatever reasons. So then when I'm having children and I, I'm sure a lot of men listening can relate. You know, you you want this. And I know a lot of men struggling with divorce and everything right now, really, that that have the same philosophy. That it's so my, difficult, my man. Difficult, yeah, it's so difficult, you know, because my I identified failure. myself as just a father. Same I didn't know Ron. I didn't know what he wanted to do. I was a do. failure as a father and a husband. I wasn't supposed to get divorced. Yeah. And here I am doing the same thing all the other guys are doing. Blah, blah, uh, blah. Yeah. I'm a failure. I'm no good. Uh-huh. It was my big wake-up call, man. And yeah. the same. Like, if you're not, that's not everything you are. Yeah. You're here to create. Yeah. To do something. But as a provider, I mean, that's a whole weight on your shoulder, you know? So I I lived that life for, I was doing property management. I was living at apartments and working there at the same time for about 12 years. So, I mean, right out of college, that's that's all I ever did, you know? So. But you got some good experience. Good experience as far as like talking to residents and stuff. Like I didn't have much of a social life or anything like that. I went to work and took care of my kids. The The biggest things for me to focus, um, I built a really a great relationship with this plant called cacao, right? Yeah. I don't know if you ever heard it, but just no. very ceremonial grade. And after divorce, man, I went through a lot of, I put myself through programs, self-development. I, you know, I spent, I spent my money on me for once. Yeah. And it really, it was the only what did you do? choice. What kind of self-development? Just, I met coaches, programs. I just, I did the whole thing, man. Like. And I just really all of 2020 nonstop. Um, A man named Preston Smiles went to him first. And with him, I met uh, a Brendan Durrell. His Instagram uh, is Inner Light Warrior. Uh, uh, Sam Lewis is also somebody I met through Preston. Um, Jetty. uh, I tag him all the time on Instagram. Like, you'll see him. Shout out. Um, We'll tag him on this. Yeah. Casey. uh, Glenn. Kelly, like learning from I just, the masters, man. Bro, I just I really just dove all in. Like, and it was really at this point Good where you, where after a divorce, I was like, I was living in my homie's living room on in, on a mattress with no money. I lost my car, lost job, lost everything. And I was just like, the fuck, man. You know, what who am I? What am I doing? You know? But it was a decision that I felt instinctively 
Like I need, I need other men in my life. I need to do something different. So after that workshop, it was just hands down life change. Like it just didn't stop. Just better, 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 better. Um, and I just, I started taking care of myself first. You know, you heard that phrase. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard like love from the overflow, you know, love from the overflow. Um, and just after that, man, like I just started working on myself and really going deeper and deeper and deeper, studying psychology more um, and all kinds of stuff like that, you know. Um, and also because I felt like I needed to prepare myself because there was this divorce and and these children don't have their dad right now because she went living with her parents like I need to prepare myself for when they're reintroduced in my life. I can't be I can't be that same person um and here's some information just the kind of dad i was was just very people pleasing very pacifying like whatever you want to do you know spending wasting so much money and time you know to just live on the surface so what i felt like i needed to you do is i need to be to get yourself right man yeah i just needed to be a better man before i be a better father i was trying to be a better father without being a better man you know because my dad wasn't there i didn't know you know i referenced him for something but, you know, a lot of shit just happened during that time where I realized, like, even outside of your own blood family, I didn't personally have anybody. That was one reason why I went to that workshop with Preston. But I had to start thinking to myself, like, who am I without everybody else? How am I relying on myself? Where's my own discipline? Where's my emotional vulnerability? You know, because that was a philosophy that I started implementing with my own children to being emotionally supportive. But then when I found myself alone, you know, uh, and I even had to move out of my friend's place and I didn't have it. I didn't know where I was going. You know, I walking on the street like, what the hell am I doing? And this was right before COVID. Bro, I was um, say, man, the best parenting advice I can ever give anybody is fix oh. yourself. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Become emotionally intelligent. Emotionally intelligent. Thank Figure you. Shit out, Summed man. it up. That's what happened to me. Yeah. Anger management. Why am I getting yeah. so pissed? Why am yeah. I taking things so personal? Yeah. Why am I getting angry at everybody? Yeah. Is it me? Is it, it, it my responsibility? I feel like it, it was always me. It was always me because especially well, we when you know any better because we were we were bringing. Oh yeah, yeah. We were taught hurt Programs. people, hurt people, baby. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that phrase so is true. So we fix man. that a little bit. Yeah, like what you is the hurt? It. You can go yeah. back and redefine the hurt. Seriously, you can go back and go, hey, that person hurt me, but now that I understand how hurt they were. I'm not taking away yeah. like fault or responsibility on their side legally yeah. or whatever, but that has nothing to do with me. I was yeah. in the wrong place at the wrong time. Stop reading that story. Yeah. I don't stop reading that <laughs> fucking story. Delete, delete, yeah. delete, delete. You know what? Some fucked up motherfucker caught me in a compromising position. Yeah. Shit, man. It hurts, but I didn't do it. Now, if yeah. I had done it to someone else, damn, that's fucked up. I got to live with that. And in some instances, how do I make that do. better? Right. And, and so I now you got to take fault. The key is to go back and retell the story, man. Yeah. What is it to you? Yeah. You know, and once you do that, you can move forward. Because the other thing yeah. I realized was I got to accept myself. It sounds oh, yeah. corny, but. No, that's not corny. To, I love it's that. Not, it's not easy to get to a place where you can go, you know what? I'm okay. Like, yeah. Look okay. at yourself in the mirror and say that. It's 10 okay times. that I'm exactly where i'm at exactly where i'm not at exactly who i am and exactly who i'm not yeah things that i want to be maybe i want i want them but i'm yeah. i'm okay where i'm at i'm okay that i'm overweight i'm okay that i'm getting angry still uh-huh. now once you accept it then you can move forward and make changes man yeah because if you're gonna keep like getting depressed over who you are 
It's yeah. A, it's a distract. It's a constant distraction to moving forward, to yeah. taking action. It's that saying? story, reading that same story. Reading that same and that's, story. that's something I realized I was doing before, you know, all that self-development because I was talking about my story so much. I was so like, I wasn't even smiling enough, you know, and, and one of my coaches, Preston, he said, just smile, just smile more. And the day he said that, I consciously started doing it like in the mirror. And here's here's one tip for for anybody who's feeling depressed, too. I, I really, truly felt I was maybe depressed. You know, I never really thought about it. But, you know, I felt at one point when I was walking in the rain, no car, no job, no money, no place to live, no nothing. I was like, this is what people do when they decide to kill themselves. I was like, am I depressed? I was like, what the hell is going on? I could go that route. I'm not that kind of person at all. I mean, there wasn't really legitimate thoughts in my mind, but I was like, what I am I it doing? it crosses everybody's mind at some point. Yeah, it, question, yeah it did. It did for a moment. That? Yeah. yeah, but what I'm getting at is like, uh, what was I going to say? The the, um, the thought of it, it really made me, I lost my train of thought, sorry. But it, it, of, really, it really made me think about. Or the even contemplating made you. No, I didn't think of that yeah. personally for myself. No, I, I was thinking like, wow, these depressed? conditions. Right. This is what people do. This here. this is what I've heard. Right. And this is scary. But at the same time, I get to redefine my story. Oh, this right. is what I was going to say for anybody feeling depressed. Because I was so emotionally vulnerable with myself, I was crying a lot. Um, and when my coach told me to smile, I started, you know, because I'd be walking or when i finally got a car i remember i was driving one day and i was just bawling i was having one of those car cries and i just looked in the mirror and smiled while i was crying and i started implementing that philosophy and it changes my physiological body it right. changes the it changed the way i related to the story yes. thus it allowed me a, a little sliver window to really start rewriting my story because as i was smiling and crying think about these thoughts of i miss my kids i need some more money i don't have this that that it was the stories of right. lack but it action, started action changes. Yeah, it was, a, it was a physical action. And I did it in the mirror. And, and it was one of the things that really allowed me to to get because I was doing these programs at the time too. you know, these self-development programs. But I just felt this guilt, this heaviness of coming in and just venting my story kind of like as if you were to go to a therapist who really doesn't care and they're just taking notes. Oh, thank you. You know, right. We've checked at the reception yeah, and leave. Give you any real yeah. So, I mean, I even tried that with marriage counseling. It wasn't working. Right. You know, know, I've been through it all. Man. So, so I, you know, doing these kind of things for myself, it was, it was so imperative and it really just, it changed me as a person. However, I feel like nobody really knew that person beforehand. Cause I didn't even know that person. My wife didn't even know that person. You know, I was, I was, I was absent. I was a ghost. And a lot of people I feel who are depressed right now are just feeling a lack of connection, you know, this closeness, you know, or if they, if they have felt physical touch, it's been physical abuse or, right. you know, stuff so like many that. things that could cause it. And some things are, some things could be like, you might be chemically inclined, but that doesn't yeah. mean you have to stay. It's just, you might be inclined because you're a high energy person. Uh -huh. and you're sitting at home. You don't know what to do with yourself. Yeah. And a lot of it could be, it, it could be as simple as figuring out who you are. Yeah. You may not be a clinically depressed person, but if you are lost uh -huh. and you're like, I don't know who I am. You, you haven't discovered art or whatever, or counting or, or whatever it is that you, can be your obsession. <laughs> yeah. Right. We are, we are programmed to want to, to, to be useful to our tribe. Yeah. That's how humanity has survived all these years. 
everyone yeah. contributes to the tribe we all live yeah so when you don't contribute you get you feel like inadequate that's what drives you to contribute which allows you to survive it's yeah. instinctual so if you don't know who you are if you haven't figured out the me yeah dude that can cause <laughs> depression man yeah i really yeah. think that i'm not saying yeah. that it causes all depression but that plus being abused plus having abandonment yeah. plus having all these limiting stories in your mind yeah like every time you think about doing some shit you go yeah but i'm a piece of shit hello yeah. look what i've been done to look what people have done to me i'm a yeah. fucking rag it's a program I'm a fucking nobody yeah if you're telling yourself that because that's what everyone's been telling you it's not your fault but yeah you can't wake up and go i could just you can reprogram your mind your mind's like a computer yeah seriously oh, yeah yeah people have done it they listen to Come positive messages. nervous system yeah bro, it's re it's kind of what do you think a computer is modeled after bro <laughs> Come on. You create habits through you. If you, yeah, it's been proven that if you tell yourself the same thing over and over, you can get somebody to admit to murder when they haven't done it by interrogating yeah. them for eighteen hours straight. Yeah, you can change your programming to be more positive. Like that's what happened to yeah. me. I started catching myself. Yeah, Damn, I'm really fucking negative. I'm really feeling bad right now. What's going on? I would just catch myself. Self inquiry. That's how I started turning it around, man. There you go. You know, it's a long process, man. I don't think I want to. I don't want to say it's easy, but. Yeah, like I, I love that you, it was a struggle for you because you have to know that mm -hmm. a lot of people quit before they get there. Yeah, they, they read a book and go, ah, I don't unfuck yourself, and it's a good book, but then it only yeah. makes you one percent better, and you're like, see, I, but, no but what does it Give do to make you years. better? And that's another thing. I'm glad you said that because you got to do it, baby. You got to put in the work. Exactly. You got to go exactly. to yoga class. You can't read a yoga book and go, damn, I'm flexible. <laughs> That's a good one, dude. That's a good example. That's I like that. Example. I like that. Yeah. You got to put in the work and practice. Oh, mind, oh, be mindful. Oh, I read a book on it. No, you got to go, wow, what's going on with my head right now? Yeah. Oh, what's going on now? Catch that, yourself that every feeds hour. Into discipline. It's like going to yoga class, going to gym every morning. You got to yeah. train those muscles, man. Yeah. You got to read the book that apply that shit. You can't be like, look, I fucking yeah. read the book. Fuck this yeah. book. <laughs> I remember too, like, I was going to say before before getting divorced I think I read one book. Same. Bro. And after 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 that I read like 11 books. Same. Bro. Like four of them in one year and that it was be the just the magic number. I read about the same. I just I, I read one book in one day. I was so excited and it was like oh Can man I tell it was you such the books a good I read. Book. The Cow in the Parking Lot on Anger Management. Uh, -huh. uh how to say no without feeling guilty. Oh, Assertiveness books, man. Yeah. I thought I was assertive. Turns out I wasn't. Yeah, I was angry. Yeah, I was That's aggressive with what I wanted. Once <laughs> I didn't get what I wanted for a long time. What this is yeah. not fair. Instead, yeah. hey, I love you, man, but that's not what I want. I want this. Yeah. Oh, you don't want that? Okay, let me go over here. Yeah. Assertive, baby. Kind, yeah. kind, but assertive. Yeah. I didn't know what that was. I was so confused. Yeah. You would think a grown ass man would know that. No. Why? Nobody ever taught mm. me that. Yeah. Don't teach you that in school, bro. Uh -huh. They don't teach you emotional intelligence in school. If they would just have taught me yeah, that shit, they should. I would have been so much better off. Like, they started to do some mindfulness, meditation, and stuff. Don't take things personal. Cool. How come they don't teach that shit? Empathize. How come they don't have an empathy class? It's the shit. key to business deals. Yeah. Know what your partners and customers want. Understand yeah. their needs. Empathize. Talk. Yeah. They don't teach you shit, man. And that's one thing too, they man. Like you against each other, bro. They, Democrat, Republican, this, that. These big companies sides. study us on a psychological level. 
They right? want soldiers, baby. Like, they don't want fucking leaders. But when but when you're be, when you're sold a product, right? Like even this this water bottle, you know, and they have mountains as as the illustration, the image, the art on it. That's making you think of oh the the beautiful mountains. Like it's just marketing is so psychological. It's all psychology. So so what is what is that doing that's creating a loyal customer that's creating a connection so why aren't we doing that for ourselves on that scale on that level however like i said earlier i feel like it's shifting exactly yes people are really taking taking ownership and and self-development and 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 the ability to apply something to themselves first rather than being such consumers you know i feel like it really is shifting and i feel like the people who you know let's just call them cookie cutting follow the script what you're told consumers are really kind of catching on you know because at the end of the day you know after 2020 everything that's been going on a lot of people are looking at their own families like how can i connect to you you know let alone do i even want to connect to this person or not and i'm not going to get into the blended family that's why i brought that up but how am i how am i going to connect to you because so many people started being so much more afraid anxiety cortisol raised up and all this stuff so for me finding my peace which i could say has been so grounding and fundamental to being able to flex and navigate through this this whole season brother i want to do an event with you Good idea art god d battles uh-huh. you know d battles no Who's that? same energy man i feel it. um and you know the group here of course the crew and do like a, I don't know, man. Like, I don't want it to be a, a cookie cutter. Like, we're doing a consortium. Nah, like, uh-huh. I want to make an event like this, like I was saying. Okay. But we have a panel talk about mental health. We have a panel talk about our struggles. Oh, yeah. So beautiful. We have a panel talk about how young people can find themselves and yeah, talk about their feelings, express, communicate. Yeah. Communication, I didn't understand what that was. Can I tell you what communication is? <laughs> yeah, please. I love it. It's simple and I didn't know what it was. Communication yeah. is the key. Oh, relationships are all about communication. Communi- what does communication mean? Yeah. Is this communication? Blah, 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 blah. No. Wah, wah, 7% wah, wah, of communication wah, wah, wah. is the word you If you're you bullshitting speak. and fucking talking shit and lying yeah. and talking angry because you're you're hurt and you're like, fuck you, fuck you. You want to fuck no. <laughs> so you're miscommunicating what you want. You yeah. don't want to fuck me. What do you want? These well, words are used forms. so much I in relationships. process. Okay, then yeah. say that. Yeah. Communication is literally painting in words, if that's how you're communicating. No, I follow you. happening in your goddamn brain. Ooh. I am feeling Expression. sad. Why are you feeling sad? You didn't bring me a milkshake. Oh my God, honey, I didn't even know you wanted a milkshake. Yeah. Say it. Don't be like, Whatever. But What's that's wrong? also body Nothing. language too. And I feel like that's a Nothing's huge disposition wrong. in a lot of relationships. Right. Um, there's this movie I watched on Netflix. I think it's discontinued because it's so freaking good. It's called Lied to Me. Uh-huh. And it's this investigator. He works with the CIA, FBI or whatever. He's reading body language and stuff. And it's super dope to me because I, I just love that kind of stuff. But even after after watching that, even meeting somebody for the first time, reading their body language, which is a huge more uh, portion of communication than the words we're speaking, is so informative for me. And it's just like, once you learn something, you can't unlearn it, right? So just so much stuff that I've really been 
learning and absorbing to figure out myself. It's just like these lights coming on in life. And it's also this is and relating to people. That's what I'm interested in this game is that you you it's better not to tell people that you can read body language. Because then they're going to be fucking up. They're going to be like, oh, shit, I'm going to look him in the eye. And then you know how people over overlook you in the eye? They're like. Because they want to like, see if you're lying to me. That was, told, in the, that was in the show, too. Somebody told you <laughs> you should look them in the eye. So now you're like, yeah. I'm telling you the truth, man. Liars Why usually look at you in the eye to see if you're believing their lie. But <laughs> it's just, it's, it's true, but man. But it's interesting, man. It's such a chess game, man. Like yeah. people don't want to show who they are. Yeah, but but that's I guess like what I realized early on doing this podcast because like, uh-huh. I had some people you know giving me suggestions what we should do do it this way yeah you know but at the end of the day like I only want to do it if it's authentic because that's the whole point of doing it for me so that means yeah. that brand my brand my identity is just being authentic and yeah. talking about to you. what I really think to me yeah but being like yeah everyone should be authentic yeah being open being you know talking about the things that are important to me yeah figuring out how i want to help other people because everything yeah. we do is helping other people so you just gotta oh, yeah. figure out residuals how. every yeah. everything you do is residual you help other people and get some money doing it yeah if or you're don't. a lawyer if you're a real estate agent <laughs> if you're an event planner so yeah figure out who you are be authentic to it don't be you know if you if you like talking shit about the government then be a fucking satire comedian you know what i'm saying yeah. Lean true. into who you are. Yeah. That's the hard thing, man. Yeah. I agree. All right, brother. Beautiful, man. Bro. We got to do some good events, man. I'm Bro, excited. I'm excited about that, man. This is just the beginning. I wanted to get yeah. to know you. We'll do this again because yeah. I wanted to open it up. Yeah. There's artists here that we're going to sit down. I think we went over a little bit. Oh, yeah. I'm excited for, them, for that. We'll go with the flow. Knock them out the box, Rick. Knock them out, Rick. Knock them out the box.